Word Radio On Demand, 96.1 FM and 900 AM WURD. Streaming live at wordradio.com. Ryan Harris, founder of As I Plant the Seed. I'm excited to be speaking with him, man. He's been making his way around the city of Philadelphia. He's been doing a lot up there at the treehouse. You know, everybody need to make their way to the treehouse. Ryan, what's up with you? How you feeling this evening? What's going on, man? Uh, thank you so much for having me. Really appreciate you. And you talking about I've been making my way around. You've been making your way around. <laughs> for sure, bro. Man, we got to keep busy, man. We got to keep yes. busy, keep doing the work. And that's one thing that you've been doing is doing the work. Introduce yourself and let the people know exactly who they're listening to. So my name is Ryan Harris. I'm the founder and CEO of nonprofit organization As I Plant This Seed. And um, we've been in... Working in the community since 2012 mm-hmm. in Hunter Park, serving at-risk youth. Um, not just Hunter Park, though. Hunter Park and the surrounding areas. We accept kids from all over the city, and some of them come some outside of the county uh, to come to our after-school program. Um, the Treehouse provides 12 free programs right now for the youth. Um, they are all free Monday through Sunday. Um, that includes cosmetology. Um, we got. Shout out to Vicky and uh, Voice for the tutoring program, Rock to the Future, our music program, mm-hmm. um, the Gloves Up, Guns Down, uh, my guy Wayne, boxing program. We got a double dust program. We got a graphic design program. We got mm-hmm. uh, three mentorship programs. So we are really, really trying to provide these, um, you know, programs for the youth and really help them think outside of the eight block radius give them some skills and present them some opportunities that they might wouldn't have if, you know, we didn't have a group of adults and mentors and people that, you know, want to see them do good that we literally are, you know, provide a path for them and multiple paths to find their way in this life Mm -hmm. and be some productive citizens and and give back and and make sure they understand the value of what community look like. And that's what we're doing. And definitely getting them out of the eight mile radius. You just took them up snow tubing, you know, parts of Pennsylvania they probably never even seen before. You know what I mean? So to take hundreds of kids up there is a blessing to have the community pour in and donate to make sure those kids got up there was even bigger. Um, And before we get into today's conversation, because I want to ask you a little bit about this 76 or East Marketplace thing that got going on. But I want to ask you a little bit more because we were talking a little bit more about your nonprofit because I had someone on earlier, Tone Barr, who's uh, representing Southwest Philadelphia, and he's doing some work. Shout out Tone. Shout out Tone. (laughs) And he's doing the work, but he doesn't necessarily have a 501c3. And he got some flack, you know, a little bit about uh, not necessarily having the right paperwork. But you're also a grassroots leader. You do have a 501c3, but you do a lot of grassroots initiatives. So when you see people like, you know, Tone, who's doing doing the work and I, I personally feel like their story should be heard and told and that's why I invited him onto the show you know what's your thoughts on that for people who are grassroots but don't necessarily have the paperwork to follow behind it so that's a, actually a good question because we didn't get our paperwork until 2019 mm. we've been operating since 2012 and no it's not easy um, it's actually very um, I ain't gonna say it's very hard I'm gonna say there are some challenges and uh, getting a five hundred one c three and maintaining it, um, you definitely uh, need some people that is well versed and you know following for that paperwork because it's not easy. But I would say this because literally we operated for a few years without having that paperwork, and you know it's the grind, it's the mission that you know fuel you. And a lot of times those barriers of not having a five hundred one c three, you you might not be able to 
qualify for certain funding and all that, but mm-hmm. you just got to find different ways, strategic ways to partner. And um, partnerships is like one of the biggest things that kept us alive and kept us thriving throughout the years that we didn't have 501c3 and still do, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, partnering is probably one of the biggest things, finding a fiduciary, somebody that can stand in line for you to collect the money and uh, funnel it down to your organization. Whether you got a 501c3 or not, that shouldn't be, you know, something that is a barrier, especially at this time and in, in, in age with technology and information um, that shouldn't be too much of a problem. Those barriers can uh, definitely be overcame with a little bit of uh, elbow work, you know, just, you know, getting down the grind and making sure that you connect into those entities and those organizations that can accept it That's and you real. partner with them to make sure that you accomplish your mission at all uh, and by all means, you know. And for for someone who's been working in the city of Philadelphia for, you know, almost a decade now, would you say that it's easy to maneuver in a city like Philadelphia to get these operating operational grants um, and to get these project grants and those, those kind of things? So with grants, we're our organization is not really big on grants or what I say. Um, we haven't experienced getting a lot of grants. We have received some grants before, but more so we are taken care of by um uh, partnerships that is um like private entities uh black owned restaurants black owned businesses absolutely um stay connected to the people in your community having a network of college i would say uh that even um helped me out a lot too uh going to Cheney university shout out the first agency yes, yes. <laughs> um but just having those networks and keeping uh, everybody informed of what you're doing. The people that is here for your mission, they would definitely jump on. Mm-hmm. And, you know, for the most part, those are people that's going to walk with you and, um, you know, accomplish the missions with you. Those are people that you need to put the most investment into so y'all can do the work together because it's not easy, but it's definitely doable. Mm-hmm. Um, and Ryan, again, um, before we go into the conversation about the 76th place, please tell the people how they can find you, stay locked, all that good stuff. Please. Um, so I'm as I plant this seed on Instagram, on Facebook. Uh, you also can find me as I plant the seed.org. We're actually about to re uh, launch our new website to add some new information. A lot of things happened in the last couple of years. So it's time to update people on what's going on. Yes, absolutely. Um, just share some of the accomplishments, share, uh, some of the the work that has been going on in the treehouse and showing the growth of where we're going. And um, I think that uh, people could just, you know, tap in through any of those networks as, as I put this, you know, all networks, uh, Facebook, Instagram, and as I put this, org on, um, on um, uh, the website. Definitely a growing, definitely growing. Congratulations too on um, graduating from the Philadelphia Balt program as well last year. Yeah. Shout out to, uh, shout out to my, my family, my team, Philly Bolt. They are actually running their uh, grassroots leadership program out of the treehouse. Fire. Um, and that's just to talk about the partnerships that we, we, um, we literally on the same mission. And we just provide space for them for free to, you know, connect to other grassroots leaders such as Tone Bar um, to be able to be a part of something that really literally sets you 
um, on a path to be able to get your 501c3, to be able to have a fiduciary, to have some type of financial backing, and just learn all the ins and outs of grassroots uh, leadership. So um, shout out to Philly Boat, shout out to Hillary Duff, Drew Hudson over there, all of them are amazing. No doubt, Ryan. And, you know, when it comes down to partnerships or just, you know, making sure you make your way around the city in general, you know, um, you're talking a little bit about the 76th place and you're with it. Not a lot of people in the city of Philadelphia is with building, you know, a new arena in the middle of the city. So talk to me a little bit about that. You know, when it comes down to the 76th place, this market ease, what's your thoughts and how did you actually get involved in the conversation? So to be completely honest, you know, it's a, it's a lot of work to be done behind that project. Um, that project is, uh, is growing. That project is, um, still reshaping, uh, how it's going to go. And we want to be a part of that project to kind to, to kind of like help guide and direct where this thing is going and that all parties are being, you know, thought about and taken account of in the process of it. So we can not only you know, build some, you know, some equity, build some opportunities for our people, but to also not to, you know, disenfranchise or hurt any other communities as well. So we're doing our due diligence to have these hard conversations and go to the neighborhood to find out how people really feel about it. And um, like I said, you know, we're here to hold them accountable. It's not about us just jumping on to a wave or jumping on to something that we, you know, not having our hands in and staring at shit. We are literally here to make it make sense for us. And then you got to think about the transfer of wealth that's coming with this opportunity. Um, a lot, there's no organizations or companies or entities that's coming to the black community offering us anything, to be honest. And when we talking about what's going on in our community, our current state of opportunities and or lack thereof of, of opportunities in the community, we want to be able to um, give our kids, our youth uh, hope to look forward to something in the near future that they can say, all right, let me get prepared for this so I can be a part of this change that's coming to the community. It's happening mm-hmm. um, rapidly. Um, not only just downtown with the 76ers arena, but gentrification, um, all of those thought processes happening right in my own neighborhood. Mm-hmm. Um, when we talk about these big corporate entities like, um, these schools, temple, these colleges, they are in neighborhoods that people are living in. So we understand what gentrification looks like. We understand those processes, but we definitely are doing our due diligence to work very, very close to the 76 and shout out to my pastor, Carl. Day he is um really leading this uh this opportunity that's in front of us and and there to hold them accountable, even having those conversations. So this is not just something that I want people to just think about like, oh, if you black, you need to just jump on this. This this not that. We really are sitting <laughs> down with them. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And really having the hard conversations with the owners and the people that have the stakeholders of the 76ers. They're really hearing us out and really trying to do their best to uh, make it make sense for everybody. Mm-hmm. And one word that stuck out to me that you utilized was opportunity, right? And some people don't see it as an opportunity. So as you describe it as an opportunity, you know, talk to us a little bit about why you foresee it to be an opportunity for the city. So I would say this. I have seven graduating classes of mentees that graduated out of my mentorship program. We started in 2015. Going on our eighth graduating class, we have 
Um, a lot of young adults right now that are fighting for jobs. Mm-hmm. They are going to college and quite frankly, uh, graduating. We got quite a few graduates that, uh, can't find employment in their areas of, um, expertise. So it's, it's, it's hard to sit here and be a community leader and look a different way as an opportunity or deny people that I know need opportunities. We talk about feeding their kids. We're talking about having a roof over their head. We're talking about real life things that's happening right now and opportunities that I see for the kids that I work with right now. That's eighth grade, ninth grade, 10th grade, 11th grade. In the next next couple of years, when that project actually starts, if we do our due diligence to make sure that, you know, we are steering the ship, making sure that we are uh, sharing the information that need to be shared to ultimately make the best decision for how does arena get put downtown um our people that look like us that come from the backgrounds that come from the struggles will have something to look forward to and um these kids to be honest you know they lack a lot of hope they lack a lot of trust and 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 and, and the tr- truth of the matter is you know like i said it's still conversations to be had with the 76ers and ongoing conversations that are ever evolving to make, you know, constant change. And we, you know, anything that we see that, you know, we can bring to the table. I'll, I'll talk to pastor Carl and pastor Carl is relaying the messages and getting back to us and making sure that we all understand what's going on mm-hmm. and how we going to move when it comes to, you know, trying to uh, hold on to these opportunities that are life and death for the people that we serve. And do you feel like that's where the, the gallery, the fashion district went wrong, you know, building that new fashion district, making that into, you know, a, a upscale mall without necessarily having community input. Um, do you feel like that's where it went wrong? Because as soon as it opened, everything changed and it did not get the reception that they Response, thought they were going right. to get, that they were going to get. Well, I can't really say, cause I don't know what their plans were. I, I wasn't a part of anything that they had going on when it came. I just heard about it and it happened and, mm-hmm. you know, and there it was. There was no pushback. There was no anything when it came to that, but it wasn't involving 40% of those jobs and those opportunities going to black people either. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that's just a little shift in that mindset to be a part of the project and be in the know prior to it actually happening and helping, you know, guide some people that don't understand what's going on down here on a grassroots level, don't understand the mind of the people, don't understand and have the connection to the people that we talk to every day. So making sure that we collect that information and giving insight so we can, you know, make the best decisions for our community and be able to, you know, really uh, harness these opportunities that we see in the future that can help the kids that we serve right now. No doubt. And for you all that are at the table, you know, holding these conversations for us as the public, how are you making sure that public opinion is being brought to these tables through you all? So um, I don't know if anybody's seen my page, but we we all posted some um, uh, town hall meeting that we just had. And, you know, to be honest, it could have definitely been a whole lot more people uh, there. Um, we had over a hundred people in the room and some community leaders, some organizations. Uh, I brought quite a few of, you know, stakeholders from my community, my mentors and, and the kids to really see the process. Um, and we are inviting everybody to every time we, uh, have a town hall to have these conversations to step up and say what you need to say, because these are the hard conversations that need to happen before anything's get 
you know, set in stone or before the project is groundbreaking, we need to really, really know, you know, what we are being a part of and how we're advocating for the people that we serve to, you know, take these opportunities. No doubt, Ryan. I got another question for you, but we got a call on online. Good evening, Joe from Philly. How you feeling this evening? Uh, a little puzzled. A little puzzled. I like that. Okay, talk to me. He, uh, the way he's talking, like, they've already decided that they're going to do this, put this thing in Chinatown. So, and they want black people to, you know, put a few black people faces on, put a black face on this thing and it's going to help this, that, and the other. But they basically, uh, seem to be undermining the will of the, uh, people that, 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 you know, the Asians down there. Okay, I feel you on that. Can I, can I, ask I was just about to ask you, Ryan. Do you have a statement? I definitely want to ask: Have you been to any of the meetings, or have you ever heard about any of the town hall meetings? I've just heard, you know, what has been broadcast in different venues, but I do, I do get a sense that the Asians and the other people down there, they don't want that down in their community, and it sounds like that. Behind the scenes, they already decided they're going to do this. We appreciate you, Joe. Thank you for calling in. Ryan, I want you to go ahead and comment if you got a comment for him. Um, No, I mean, I, I actually appreciate that because we definitely need anybody that has any kind of pushback to step up. But more importantly, show up in those rooms when we're having those hard conversations while the owners and the people that work for the 76ers that support the project is there to, you know, share your opinion, to say that. And to the Asian community, no disrespect, but from, you know, the design that I've seen, that the 76ers arena is not supposed, is not even, is not, in Chinatown, it's not on Chinatown. It's a, it's very, very close to inside the gallery. But everybody know that the gallery never been Chinatown, even though Chinatown is right outside of it. Now, as far as it affecting them, and when Ryan says the, the, the gallery, he's talking about the fashion district for people. I'm sorry, the fashion district. I'm, I'm <laughs> you got to be from Philly to know that. Yeah, yeah, put that yeah, out yeah. There. <laughs> for sure, for sure. So the fashion district, but um. To speak about um the Asian community, I know that the 76ers are even putting up X amount of million dollars to uh help with that process or what that might look like. Um and I don't even have all the details of that, but there is um some information on 76place.com where you can see um some of the, the projects, some of the money that's being set aside to help in any of those uh 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 what word I want to use. Uh, in any of those situations where uh, the Asian community feel like there might be some type of financial uh, disparity mm-hmm. or some type of displacement, displacement that they're willing to help with that process. Mm-hmm. So, and that's um, new, though, I think, Brian. I think that's new because there have been a lot of black and brown people that's been displaced, and we didn't get millions of dollars put behind us for I our about displacement. To say that. I was about to say for that. Sure. So that's 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 something that. You know, we all got to take into account when we're talking about um, our community and how we always we look at still fight for reparations. We, <laughs> we shouldn't. That shit. Now, listen, you're about to start something because <laughs> I got to watch my mouth. But, yeah, fighting for reparations is crazy at this mm-hmm, point. Mm-hmm. Having conversations with people that don't understand that is crazy at this point as well. But I'm not even going to go into reparations. I would say that this is a way that... um 
those opportunities go directly towards the people that we serve and we be in control of it. And I think that people need to probably open up about what this country is really about and how can we all make something work that might seem like something bad. But if everybody sit at the table, I'm sure we could find out a way where this can actually um, help all communities. For and all I think that, you know, it's just going to take a little bit of compromise for sure. But I think that, you know, with all of us coming together and sitting down, make some decisions that can help every community, literally, um, I think that make more sense to then everybody just jumping to know what about the Asian community? I mean, the Asian community, they, they good down there. They've been good down there for, for some time now. And we've, we've been disenfranchised and put in these, uh, housing projects and killing each other for so long. I think that it's time for somebody to step up and think about our community mm-hmm. and no, no disrespect on taking away from the Asian community, but they are in our communities, um, benefiting off for our dollar. Mm-hmm. We got Chinese stores everywhere in this community. I can walk out and I'll show you five of them on the corner. I'll show you. I can walk out right now and show you five of them mm-hmm. just looking down the block. And um, to be honest, I don't really know too many of those stores that's putting back into the black community, that's donating to our organizations that are helping the grassroots organizations that actually support their stores. So, like I said, no disrespect, but let's have these hard conversations. I agree. Let's really talk about what it looked like to advance all people, if that's the case, mm. you know, and if there's an opportunity on the table for us as uh, black minorities or whatever you want to call us, um, I think that it makes sense to, you know, flip the coin a little bit mm. and let us get some relief and opportunity and it's still I like, work I like, it. I like how I like how classy you put that you said flip the coin a little bit <laughs> let's flip the coin let's flip the coin a little bit and 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 really like let's let's talk about what it looked like to leverage these opportunities and um man I ain't, I ain't gonna go out no I got you you actually got another call on the line Martin from South Philly good afternoon thank you for calling in thank you uh yes I'd like to add in on that as to uh I think it would affect Chinatown down there if they build the arena. And uh, I think it, it affects um, all people of color, really, because what kind of jobs are they going to give you as far as uh, de- uh, development of more people to be uh, financially uh, enabled? Well, I should say gainfully employed. And another thing is I'm saying is now the gallery which was there before the fashion district. Mm-hmm. People of all nationalities came down there. Everybody seemed to be fine and all. And it's funny that the Sixers are interested in that building now, which was the fashion district, which literally didn't appeal to people of color too many because it was too highly priced and it was completely, it was the home feeling was gone from it. But now they're interested in that building. But when it was the gallery and you had all kinds of people there, and predominantly um, black people down there, the Sixers would go to Cherry Hill whenever they had something for the kids. Whenever they wanted to do something special, it was always over at Cherry Hill or some other place. They didn't have any kind of uh, interest at all inside the gallery. And uh, I just wanted to put my two cents in on that. We appreciate it. I, I really don't see how it's going to be beneficial because it's going it's to be beneficial to those with money. Those who have money, stop and think about it. To go to a basketball game, you take your kids and go, you have to set some money aside to do this. The kid's going to want to eat. The kid's going to want some souvenirs or something down there. 
you have this, in this area here, the um, Chinatown, they're not very rich and affluent people. In my area where I live in South Philly, South Philly, it was all changed. It was like the community I knew, the friends, the neighbors, the strangers that I would see every day who were a community. It was like it was all of a sudden vacuumed up. And I'm like in the land I don't know anything about. I don't know my neighbors. I don't know the people I see up and down the street. I mean, it, it, uh, development is good. I was about to say, and gentrification is definitely happening, Martin. And I appreciate you for calling in and, and, and um, giving us your concerns and making your statement this evening. Um, you know, and when you think about what type of jobs, I think it's a lot of jobs that can be done and created that, that is, for sure. That's but you true. got one more caller, Ryan, I want to get to before you uh, comment. Mama D from West Philly, how you feeling this evening? I'm feeling well, thank you, dear, and peace and many blessings to you and all of the word listeners. Thank you. I, you're welcome. I'd like to share with you the fact that I was a person who actually received a phone call from the survey that they were taking in relation to this stadium. Mama D, can you do me a favor? Can you turn your radio down in the back? Oh, my goodness. Honey, I'm not close enough to do it. Okay. <laughs> let's see if we could work it out anyway. Um, can you hear me okay now? I can hear you. Keep going. All right. Um, here's the real deal, honey. Those who own uh, these uh, the Sixers, they no longer want to pay the leasing fee for where they're playing now. These are men who are loaded up with money, have uh, nothing to lose and everything to gain. If we allow this to take place, it's going to create a problem for this entire city, let alone Chinatown. This is insanity from my perspective, and I'll tell you why. We have to really look at the reality of it. This tale that they're telling, because they told me in the gentleman that called giving me the survey to see what my opinion was, how they're going to have all of these jobs and how the, uh, the, the communities, our communities going to benefit uh, from it. It's not true at all. So let me ask you this yes or no question, Mama D. Are you with the building of the 76ers Arena downtown, yes or no? Absolutely not. Okay. And they need to stop fabricating on how we're going to benefit from it. This entire city is going to be put in a bad way. And once they bust up Center City, that's going to be it. They won't be able to fix it. Think about it, people. These okay. are men, if they want it, put it in their own backyard. All right. Where they live. Thank you, Mama D. We appreciate you calling. We appreciate your comments, Ryan. I want to let you definitely get a uh, comment off as we just listen to some guests who called in. All right. So one thing I'm address the opportunity that we talked that the first gentleman talked about. He was saying about the jobs or whatever the case may be. Um, what I'm understanding is that uh, being able to set aside a fund to help our youth get into these unions, get that certifications for whatever it may be to help build a stadium, welding, um, electrician, plumbing, all, mm-hmm. all of these things, right? And to 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 have them have a project that's ready for them to go right into the workforce, be paid uh, nice money for it. But more importantly, the skill that they picking up is something that they can take for the rest of their life, not just being at the 76ers. Uh, that's just an incentive to you know, be able to have a job or um, 
be a part of building that space that's going to take some time that is going to literally help with financial problems that somebody might be going through immediately when it comes to building it. And then 40% of all the retail and stores that's inside of it is going to be black owned as well. Mm -hmm. So that is literally going to help the black community and being able to be self-sufficient, be able to, you know, own their own space and not only uh, just set them up, to go there, like set them up for failure, but equip them with what they need to um, be able to survive inside of the 76 arena, to give them all of the programming, all of the understanding and all of the know-how to conduct business in the 76 arena prior to. Um, there's going to be also a lot of jobs that are going to be needed to run the stadium. And we're not talking about just entry-level jobs. We're talking about jobs from the bottom to the top. Mm -hmm. So, Forty percent of uh, those jobs being, you know, African American. Um, uh, so that's one thing. And then another thing I wanted to say: I hear a lot of pushback, and there's a lot of pushback from people that look like us. Mm -hmm. um, and I'm not sure what these, the, what the people were that was just on this phone, but um, the people that look like us. When you think about this project, and you do have pushback, I need them to. I need to ask them. Then what? And not saying that this project is the end all be all for black people and this is the project that's going to flip the coin. But at the same time, there's a start. And us sitting at the table having a conversation doesn't, doesn't mean that if something was to happen, that we're not going to be outside going at them, making sure we hold them accountable to everything that they say that they're going to do. So this is not just a buddy buddy friendship, but we, we mean business. We serious about our community. We serious about what we're trying to do. And this is somebody that's bringing an opportunity to our community. And as leaders, we can't just look over possibilities when nobody else is coming to us with solutions, especially at that magnitude. So I ask the people, um, are they willing to do something to help uh, our own people and put people in position so they won't be uh, kicked out of their homes? can't feed their kids or whatever the case may be when we're talking about our community and what's going on. And how can we get the, the gun violence down? How can we get these things down without opportunities? These opportunities that's in front of us that we can get our kids prepared for is something to look forward to and hope. So I'm asking again, anybody that is, a, you know, uh, not a part or not, or that, that don't think that this project should be done, I really want to ask you honestly what can be done and how are you going to contribute to make that happen? Because truthfully, if we had the collective input of everybody that looked like us, we wouldn't need nobody. That part. That we part. wouldn't need nobody. And a lot of people are so disconnected to, you know, how these how things work um, and disconnected to the needs of the masses of the people that look like us. I'm serving masses of people, just like the people that I, 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 I'm working in close uh, contact with is serving masses of people and hearing a lot of people plight, a lot of people problems. And we need solutions. This is a solution that came to our door. And uh, I think that we need to do our due diligence, our due diligence to, um, you know, find out what's going on and, 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 and do our best. To be a part of and something don't just that knock, not keep knocking things down. If you don't feel like this is a solution, help build up or find another solution. Thing, don't though. just that's keep knocking it down. Like, if, if if are you willing to donate to a pot every month, a hundred dollars for the black community to 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 do development for us? Like, it's and I'm not saying that's the key either. I'm just throwing stuff out there to get people to think about 
what can you what can we do together if we want to turn down opportunities in front of us that can benefit our people? What what are we going to do to replace it? Or are we going to keep having the same rhetoric, the same, same conversations, the same fighting for those grants that we talked about earlier to try to make change in our community? Mm-hmm. There's nobody coming on a white horse to save us. And we got to do our due diligence to make the best decision possible and best uh, deals possible for us to get that coin flipped just a little bit. Oh, and um, I'm begging everybody, whenever y'all see, as I plant this seed and y'all see us promote uh, a town hall about the 76ers, the owner or whoever coming to come speak to the people, I don't really want to hear too much of anything if you don't show up. That's real. And Ryan, I you thank know. you for showing up for us this evening, man. We got to go to a commercial break. So I thank you for your passion, your love and what you're doing yes. for the city of Philadelphia. You definitely, you know, riled up some folks this evening, even on the Facebook chat as well. But that's what it's all that's about. Cool. Having those tough conversations. You know, we have to continue to have those tough conversations so we can get to the solutions that we're talking about. Ryan, please. before I let you go, please tell the people again how they can find you, how they can stay locked with you. On all platforms, as I print this seed and my website, as I print this We'll be launching in like a week or so. I'm still putting up like some new information content. So uh, uh, just be on the lookout for asopentacy.org. And definitely send me the Facebook post so I can tap back in. Whoever need to talk, I'm willing. I'm here. You've been listening to Word Radio On Demand. Listen live at 96.1 FM, 900 AM, and online at wordradio.com. 